Hello from the California Lawyers Association Annual Meeting 2018 in San Diego. I'm Norm Rodich. And I'm Juanita Brooks. And I'm Larry Waite. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the road. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Today we're talking about cross-examination of experts. And uh, Larry, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do? Yes, I'm a uh, trial lawyer from Fresno, California with the McCormick Barstow Law Firm. I've been trying lawsuits for 55 years, uh, focused mainly in professional liability for the last 40 years or so. Great. And Juanita, how about you? I'm a principal at Fish and Richardson and predominantly in the San Diego office. I specialize in patent litigation and complex litigation, but I began my career as a federal public defender. Yes, and I'm Norm Rodich, as I said, and I'm a partner with the law firm of Paul Mary Tyler in Irvine, and I am chair of the Programs Committee of the California Lawyers Association Litigation Section. Juanita, tell us a little bit about uh, what your presentation entailed today. We talked about the Mount Everest of cross-examinations, that is, cross-examining an expert. Since they are indeed the expert, it's a very difficult task for a lawyer who is not the expert in that particular science to be able to take on an expert and affect their credibility. So one of the things we talked about was areas that we could cross-examine the expert on that wouldn't be in their wheelhouse where they might have fruitful Uh, vulnerabilities that we could exploit. And Larry, what's your perspective? I agree with uh, what Juanita said, and and we did also uh, focus on some of the differences between cross-examination of an expert in the deposition setting as opposed to perhaps a different approach in the trial setting, uh, which I thought was a useful thing to make some distinctions about. Yes, and do you want to talk a little bit about... uh, the uh, deposition aspect that you focused on during our presentation? We talked about preparation for the deposition. Everybody has their own style. We all recognize that. Uh, It's not necessary to have a question-by-question outline, but certainly a good outline of where you want to go. My own perspective on deposing expert witnesses is I'm there to find out everything I can about them, what their opinions are, and what the basis factually is for their opinions so that I can then uh, determine how I can best, if I can, cross-examine them at the time of trial. And Juanita, you focus quite a bit on the trial examination of of experts, and I, um, in particular, enjoyed your analogy of the inverted triangle. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. One of the recommendations that I had for the audience was to go back to the fundamentals of cross-examination, particularly with an expert. So those fundamentals are that you should start your questioning from the general and work your way to the specific. In essence, your cross-examination should look like an inverted triangle. The example I gave was in the case, let's say, of a police officer who now recalled something Uh, about your client that was not in his arrest report. So you begin with the fundamental. You are a police officer, aren't you? The next question would be, in order to become a police officer, you had to go to the police academy. 
The next question would be, at the police academy, you went to class. The next question would be, one of those classes was about report writing. And you can see where it would go from there, making the questions more and more specific, such that by the time you got to the ultimate question, which is the fact that what the police officer was now testifying about was not in his expert report, it would be the same as Moses saying that there was an 11th commandment, he just didn't bother to write it down. And you also talked about closing escape hatches. You want to explain what you meant by that? So as you're preparing your cross-examination, you have to ask yourself, what happens when the expert realizes that you are leading him or her into a trap? And what happens is they try to find a way out. So as you're preparing your cross, you can't imagine and shouldn't imagine that you're getting nothing but yes answers. You have to ask yourself, all right, where could they go in order to avoid what they know is going to be some painful cross-examination? Once you figure that out, you close that escape hatch before getting there. For example, in the case of the arrest report that I, I just gave, one of the escape hatches was going to be, could be, well... I would never forget that this happened. I never, I would never forget that he confessed, for example, and so I just didn't bother to put it in my report. Or it might be I just didn't have enough time to write a thorough report. You've closed those escape hatches by building up the importance of reports and the training that the police officer had in writing those reports so that by the time you get to the fact that it's not in the report, it's not believable that it actually ever happened. Larry, when you're uh, preparing for trial and cross-examination of an expert, can you just talk about uh, your thought process? Yes, it's important uh, once you have the deposition transcript to spend time with your own expert, obviously in the same field uh, that's going to be giving testimony probably diametrically opposed from what the uh, adverse expert is going to say. Preparing for any useful cross-examination of the witness at trial, absent uh, the kinds of opportunities that Juanita talked about where you have a large amount of data that can be used to contradict what the witness is being testified to on direct examination, you probably are best to listen carefully to the direct at the time of trial don't pick any fights you don't have to. If the plaintiff's lawyer didn't or the opposing lawyer didn't cover something, don't go back over it, leave it out. Stick to where you think you can make some points and perhaps get the witness out of the courtroom as fast as you can. That makes sense and perhaps set up the facts that you need and reserve your argument for argument. Yes. Juanita, do you have thoughts on that subject? Yes, I, of course, have thoughts on that subject. I have thoughts on every subject. So <laughs> I have a slightly different view on that in that I, my, my trials tend to be very lengthy. And so if I save something for closing argument, I'm afraid that the jury will have already decided. So my cross-examinations tend to be more like the closing argument, meaning I have to make my point really clear to the jury what I'm trying to say in my cross-examination. Now, that doesn't mean I ask the ultimate question, which is, and therefore, isn't it true, sir, that you're lying, for example? That question, of course, we leave for the jury. And one of the things that I didn't mention to the audience because we ran out of time, but how do you know when you're about to ask the one question too many? It usually begins with the word so. So if you find yourself starting a question with, so, isn't it true? Instead, you should say, so, I have no further questions, and leave that ultimate question or determination to the jury. 
Good advice. That is good advice. Any further thoughts on cross-examination of experts? Preparation, preparation, preparation. It's all in the preparation. And one more question. Uh, Larry, would you like to leave some contact information if people want to sure. reach you? Larry Waite, W-A-Y-T-E, at McCormickBarstow.in in Fresno, California. And Juanita, where can people find you? People can find me with my email, which is my last name, Brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S, at F-R, as in fishrichardson.com. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank uh, both of our guests, Lawrence Waite and Juanita Brooks, for joining us today. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.